0: OCO and welcome to Exploring Cherokee History. My name is Krista Mosier and I am the Cultural Collections and Exhibits Manager for Cherokee Nation Cultural Tourism. Today, we're going to discuss the history of the Cherokee Phoenix, which was the first Native American newspaper in history with Tyler Thomas. Tyler is the Executive Editor of the Cherokee Phoenix Newspaper.
1: Thank you for having me today, Kristen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Just to give everybody a little bit of background, This year marks the bicentennial of the introduction of the syllabary to the Cherokee people. Sequoia introduced his syllabary to the Cherokees in 1821. According to missionary Samuel Wooster, the use of the syllabary was already widespread when he arrived among the Cherokees in 1825. In 1826, the Cherokee National Council voted to build a printing office, purchase a printing press, and have a set of Cherokee type created. This required some modification to Sequoia's original syllabary. Tyler, what can you tell me about the process of modification as far as the syllabary goes?
1: You know obviously some changes had to be made just because the 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 intricacy of each syllabary syllable um, character. Um, Some of those changes included the order of the characters, uh, modification of the shapes, or um, even the dropping of an 86th character from Sequoia's original syllabary, so there's only 85 now. Um, so those were some of the changes that initially had to be made.
0: Elias Boudinot was named the editor of the Cherokee Phoenix in 1827. Do we know why he was selected as the inaugural editor and what experiences he brought with him to the Phoenix?
1: You know, Elias was very well educated up in the Northeast, and he had also family ties to those that were in power back in Georgia and the Cherokee Nation. So I think they utilized him in that aspect because of his educational background and his family ties.
0: Now, the first issue of the Cherokee Phoenix was published on February 21st, 1828. What kinds of topics were covered in the newspaper at that time?
1: Well, there was a piece by Worcester, um, Praising Sequoia's Invention of the Celebrary. It also included the first editorial column by Boudinot himself. And also, it printed the um, Cherokee Nation Constitution within that first issue of the paper.
0: Now, the first run of the Cherokee Phoenix only lasted until 1834 when the printing press was seized by the state of Georgia, correct?
1: Well, actually it ended in 1834 due to lack of funding, but then Chief John Ross tried to get it revived again pre-removal and whenever the Georgia Guard found out about how he was wanting to revive it and move the printing press and the printing office to Red Clay, which is in Tennessee, the Georgia Guard came in and seized the, um, destroyed the printing press and even burned the office. And they had the help to do that from Cherokee Nation citizen Stan Waity, who was a member of the treaty party.
0: Okay, wow. Um, so a majority of the Cherokee Nation was, soon after that forcibly removed from their homelands in the southeast to Indian Territory in what is now Oklahoma. Once Cherokee Nation resettled in Indian Territory, did they reestablish a printing office?
1: Yeah, so within five years of them arriving in present-day Oklahoma or Indian Territory, um, you know, they had rebuilt schools, they rebuilt homes, they had um, even had the uh, government buildings rebuilt there. And part of the vision that Chief John Ross had in that, I guess, renaissance, you could say, after that dark, dark period of removal, um, was the reviving of the newspaper because it was such a great tool to inform and educate the citizens of the Cherokee Nation. So in 1843, uh, uh, in October of 1843, he went to the National Council to introduce Uh, legislation or request funding for the new Cherokee Nation newspaper, which was going to be called or was called the Cherokee Advocate instead of the Cherokee Phoenix. Um, They approved that, and then within a year, um, they began printing again um, in the present-day Cherokee Nation.
0: Who was the editor at the time, and what kind of experience did that person bring to the table?
1: Uh, Well, the editor, whenever the paper got revived here in the present-day Cherokee Nation, was William Potter Ross. He was the nephew of Chief John Ross. He was a Princeton graduate, um, so he was very well-educated. He came in with, when he was named editor, he was also previously served as the clerk for the Senate um, of the the Cherokee Nation. So he was very well-educated, well-versed on the intricacies of the Cherokee Nation government, the everyday life in Cherokee present-day Cherokee Nation, and so forth. Um, after that, you know, he resigned after four years to become the delegate to Washington, D.C., and he even later served as principal chief on two separate occasions. And then later he also served as editor of uh, various other publications.
0: What can you tell me about the history of the Cherokee Advocate throughout the remaining 19th century? I I understand that there were times that it had to cease printing for budgetary concerns or maybe during Civil War. So what can you tell me about that history?
1: Yeah, it stopped and started very frequently or infrequently, however you want to phrase it. Um, You know, it ceased publication back in 1853 due to lack of funding. And then 1870 was revived under William Penn Boudinot. But it was Ceased operations again five years later whenever a fire destroyed the printing office and printing equipment um, there in the here in Tahlequah. But it revived again in, in a year later, and then it finally ceased operations in 1906 as the United States government took, took its steps to suppress the Cherokee Nation government as they imposed Oklahoma statehood on Cherokee and other tribal lands in 1907.
0: So after the paper ceased printing in 1906, was there any, prior to the 1970s, when the uh, Cherokee Nation Tribal Government was formally uh, reorganized, was there any attempts to reorganize the newspaper between 1906 and the 1970s?
1: Well, obviously it wasn't done by the tribe itself, but there were other people or groups that tried to revive some form of the Cherokee Phoenix or Cherokee Cherokee Advocate. But in 1975, you know, when the government or Cherokee Nation government reconstituted, that's when the paper began operating again under the Cherokee Advocate name. And uh, it shared stories about Cherokee people, Cherokee culture, government, tribal council, principal chief, and so forth, just like we do today.
0: With the Cherokee Phoenix today and using today's technology, how has the paper had to adapt going from a, an originally a print publication to now I assume it's available on various platforms?
1: Oh, certainly. You know, the Cherokee Phoenix has been a leader in Indian country from its inception. So as we entered the digital age, it was no different that we needed to be a leader as we went and it expanded our reach or expanded our platforms. So in 2007, the Cherokee Phoenix launched its website, um, CherokeePhoenix.org. And then shortly thereafter, once social media became a trend and a very um, mainstream avenue of consuming information, the Cherokee Phoenix has built a very strong presence on those social media platforms over the past decade. Um, I'm also excited that, you know, it doesn't end there for us. We're continuing to strive uh, to expand our digital services and digital um, footprint. We are currently in the midst of a complete website redesign that's going to make it more user-friendly, more accessible. Um, Along with that website redesign, we're introducing uh, the Cherokee Phoenix News app, which will make Consuming news pertaining to the Cherokee Nation more easily done than ever before. We're also expanding into podcasting. We're looking to launch our first podcast within the next few months. We're hoping that podcast will be, you know, centered on the missing and murdered Indigenous women movement and bringing awareness to that. So, among all those things, you know, we've done great things in the past to build our digital footprint, but we're not ending there. We're looking to expand that because We want to, the people who came before us, you know, fought hard to not only establish the newspaper, but keep it alive through over the course of 193 years. So we want to honor that fight and honor that struggle by continuing that legacy.
0: It sounds like the Phoenix and the Advocate and then just the various iterations of the newspaper were extremely important to the Cherokee people and their identity and how they were carving out their way in history. Um, It's humbling to think that none of this would have been possible if Sequoia hadn't produced a syllabary to use as a written language for Cherokee. Does the Phoenix still use the syllabary in any of its issues today?
1: Definitely. From time to time, we have in our regular issues, we do have articles that are both printed in English and Cherokee. In addition to that, every um, August, Around the Cherokee National Holiday, so August or September, uh, we print a all Cherokee issue, which is printed solely in Cherokee syllabary, um, as a way to promote the Cherokee language and the Cherokee syllabary.
0: So, Tyler, given the monumental history of the newspaper, what does it mean to you to be serving as the executive editor?
1: it's very humbling Kristen. i mean you're talking about a paper that has existed for nearly 200 years off and on but it is a paper that has fought and scratched and clawed its way into existence for that time frame because due to persecution or you know destruction from the the white settlers back east or lack of funding or the rare occurrences of fire or the U.S. government coming and imposing statehood on the Cherokee Nation government, which caused the paper to cease operations. Even through all that, it's persevered, just like the Cherokee people have persevered. So whenever I stepped into, step into this role a little over a year ago, it was a very humbling experience. And it's something I do not take for granted. And I understand the, the actions that those before me have made and done to make this publication what it is today. I want to honor those people with my performance here as well. And this staff wants to honor those before us so that we can continue to strive and do what this paper was meant to do. And that's educate and inform our fellow Cherokee Nation citizens.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge of the history of the Cherokee Phoenix with us. If you would like to check out the Cherokee Phoenix, there are physical copies available at all of Cherokee Nation's properties, and the Phoenix is also available to view online at CherokeePhoenix.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Thank you, Kristen. What
0: Waddo, Thank you.
1: To watch the video version of our podcast and other great series like Cherokee Word of the Week, go to youtube.com slash nation. Also, be sure to follow Visit Cherokee Nation on Facebook and Instagram for Cherokee cultural and historical content.